Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. I am obviously not the pastor, uh, but if you're a visitor this morning, I've got great news for you. God knew you would be here, but God also knew that I would be speaking. So we've got a very real divine appointment for somebody in this room. I hope you come to church believing that. Um, I was about 25, my pastor began to talk to me about me asking God to speak to me during the services. I would come to church and, and I would fulfill my obligation, uh, if you know what that feeling's like. I'm going to church just because I'm supposed to go to church. And one day he said, wait a minute, let me get this right. You're coming to four services a week, because I used to go with Sunday school, 11 o'clock service, then a 6 o'clock Sunday night service, and then the Wednesday evening 6 o'clock service. He said, you're coming here four days a week and getting nothing. I said, well, no, not exactly. He said, no, 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 you're not anticipating what God's going to do for you, so you aren't ever getting what God really had for you. My prayer is this morning that we would all take just a few moments to ask God right in our seats, God, what would you have for me personally today? And then begin to do that each and every time you come through the service doors. God, what would you have for me personally for today? When I was talking to the preacher about possibly speaking today, he said, Mike, he said, you can preach on anxiety, depression, addiction. And then he stopped and I said, is there, is there a door number four? <laughs> do, I, do I get a fourth choice? And... Uh, and I, I, I hope God's word will be a blessing today. I, I hope somehow you will look past the person that's speaking and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do with you this morning and for you. Uh, I love Memorial Weekend. Uh, my father is a Vietnam veteran, but he did not die in the war. Uh, we celebrate Veterans Day for him. Uh, but someday my father will pass away, and, and when he does, we'll celebrate Memorial Day and Veterans Day for him, and uh, just uh, honored to, to know some people that have given their lives for our freedom and, and, uh, and given so much so that you and I could stand here with God's word and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ without apology. And as long as we're able to do that, I say we do that strongly, making the most. The Bible says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And these days are getting more evil and more evil. Uh, I want to look at one scripture verse this morning, and just one. It's one that's very familiar to you. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, or if not, we're going to have it on the overhead here. Uh, I'm getting used to this um, technical preaching, you know, where you've got somebody helping you on a board behind here. Uh, but our scripture uh, is 2 Chronicles this morning, chapter 7 and verse number 14. I'm going to read it this morning, just as it, just as it says. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. How many of us are familiar with this scripture? You've heard this verse before, sure, many times. It's one of the most misunderstood scriptures found in the word of God. We quote it, preachers say it, it's part of our, our family. Some of you have this scripture on a wall, on a plaque on, on your wall, uh, 
but it's the most misunderstood scripture and found in the Word of God. When I was a young boy, my mother would sometimes do something very unique, and it, you've done it with your children. She would make the most beautiful dessert, cake, whatever it might be, brownies, chocolate pudding with whipped cream. She would do all of these things, and she would show them to me first, me and my sister Kelly. And we'd get so excited because, you know, it's, you know, made me half the man I am today. <laughs> And my mother would be mixing the batter, and she'd sure let my sister and I sit at the table, and when she was done putting the cake batter into the pan, she would give us the bowl. I got a little bit of a ring here. Is it my fault? Okay. Always my fault. And we would spoon out the rest of the stuff. And she said, now that's just a taste of what's coming. She said, but Kelly and Michael... If you do not eat every bit of your dinner tonight, you are not getting what you had a little taste of. And I'd say to myself, oh man, this is going to be awful. There was green stuff on that plate. <laughs> but what would, what would mom do? Mom would show me the great part of this dinner. And then say, you need the better parts in order to be eligible to have this. Because she knew I needed the vegetables, but I only wanted the cake. Let me show you the cake here. Is the scripture still back there? Can we get it back up there? Dave, thank you. Second Chronicles. Let's look down where it says then. Can we go all the way past the words wicked ways? Then will I hear from heaven. Now that's a wonderful promise there. How many of you would love to hear from heaven? Look, I'm not talking about hearing from Oprah. I'm not talking about hearing from Dr. Phil. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about heaven opens up and answers you. It's nice to get the income tax check. What about what comes from heaven? We don't see a lot of that in our lives. So this verse is very important to us as Christians because that just said I could hear from heaven. Look at the next part. And will forgive their sin. You notice it says sin there? It doesn't say sins. This scripture is not talking about salvation. Salvation, you get all of your sins forgiven. This is a sin that is one, singular. Now the people of God were, were um, idol worshipers when this was written. This is talking about the sin of idolatry. But this is at applicable to anything you have that's dominating your life. You've got an addiction in your life. This is what this is talking about. That one sin that, my God, you need to hear from heaven, and then you need to find forgiveness for it. These are wonderful things. This is the cake. I can hear from heaven. I can be forgiven. And then it says, and will heal their land. What's your land today? Your land is your family. Your land is your employment. Your land is anything that is directly linked to you. This verse says you can find healing. Well, that's three of the most wonderful things I've ever heard in my life. 
I can get answers directly from heaven for my problems. I can give forgiveness for that thing that I can't even forgive myself for. And then I can have my land healed. Wow. There's one big word, though. It's a four-letter word in that verse. It says, then. Those four letters change everything about this scripture. And this is why this scripture is misinterpreted more than most that you'll ever see in scripture. Then means that there are reasons why you can get those three things. If you accomplish the following, then there's cake. There's a whole lot of vegetables, there's some proteins, there's some high complex carbs that you're going to need before I'm willing to give you the cake. This is God talking. Let's see what God says, can we? We came here, we came here to study this morning, right? We didn't come here just to, to occupy a seat. We came here to be changed. Let's work hard. Let's do this. We can. There's cake. Pick your favorite dessert. Think about it. And then let's look at the scripture. Part number one, we'll go, we'll go one comma at a time. If my people... Now, this is God talking. This is God. He is making a promise here. If my people, he is saying, I know you're saved. You're my people. Now, if you're not saved this morning, this verse is not for you. I'm sorry. Now, my wish and hope is that the Holy Spirit will convict you that you're a sinner and that the only way to get forgiven and get that sin covered is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ and that today before this service is over, you will make the greatest decision you ever make in your life and let Jesus Christ have your life. Yes. But if you're not saved, this verse is not for you yet. If my people, I know I'm saved. I trusted in what God wrote. God's not a liar. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven someday. But God's saying, I know you're saved too. So can you think about it just for a second on your behalf? Are you saved today? If you are, let's go to the next comma. Which are called by my name. Not only does God know you're saved and you agree that you have salvation, but this says that are called by my name. Hmm. Other people recognize that you're saved. Not only do you know you're a child of God and God's calling you his people, but those are calling you Christian also. Do you know this morning you are not a Christian because you say so? You're a Christian when your neighbor says so. You're a Christian this morning when the colleague that you work with for 20 years can be asked, is that a Christian? And they say, yes, sir, that's a follower of Christ. I don't call myself a Christian. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, they were called Christians, called Christians. First at Antioch. You don't get to say, I'm a Christian. Your neighbor does. Can your wife this morning say that you're a Christian? Would she agree that you're a Christian? Because that changes this whole verse. God knows you're saved. You know you're saved. And those around you would call you a Christian. Are we still on board with this? Sure. Let's go to the next comma. Shall humble themselves. Now, this is not talking about wearing less of clothing than you're capable of wearing or living in less of a house than you're able of wearing. Uh, living in, <laughs> I wear a house. Trust me, this is three X's, a different world for most people. It's at least a mobile home. 
This is saying, have a true evaluation of who you are. This word humble yourself here means the person you are when you can do wrong and nobody can know about it and you choose to do right. Humble yourself. Now, how do you get that? You spend time in God's word. God's word opens up to you and you see how wrong you are. And you all of a sudden come face to face with the fact that you're wicked. Do you have a true evaluation of who you are? Do you believe Satan's lies that we're all sinners and you're just, you're, yeah, I'm doing my best. No, no, no. When you're alone, can you humble yourself and say, wow. Now, based on what you find out, because God said you're saved, you said you're saved, your friends say, yep, he's a Christian, and you find out how wicked you really are. And then the next word, next comma says, pray. Pray about what? Well, when you find out how wicked you are, there are some things you have to now deal with. This prayer that is talking here is a judgment against your own self. Yes, I'm saved, and God knows it. My neighbors, they think I'm saved. They call me a Christian, but they don't know how wicked I really am. And you judge yourself based on what you find out in this true evaluation that you have. Now, this is individualized. You can't carry your family with you. You can't say, my kids are in this with me. This is all on us, one at a time, individual. So I find out how wicked I am, and then in judgment, because the Bible says if we'd judge ourselves, we'd be not judged. So we judge ourselves based on what we find out in this true evaluation. And the next comma says, and seek thy face. Seek his face. Well, wait a minute, I just prayed. No, 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 you were praying in judgment. This word, seek his face, means to literally come into the presence of God with all this wickedness that you just found out. Now, if you've judged yourself pro properly, you can come before the king. But I remind you of, of what happened in the Old Testament when, when the woman came before for the king and said, I don't know if this is for my very life. This word, seek his face, means reckless abandonment because if you come before a holy king with the wickedness that you just found out about your sight self he could kill you you can't come in the presence of holiness with this so when you find out how wicked you are and i find out how wicked i am i pray in judgment against myself oh lord yeah this is me that's true but i got to go before him i've got to get this right and with reckless abandonment you seek the face of God. With what? With the sin and the wickedness that you now know about you. The cake ain't looking nearly as good right now. You're halfway into these vegetables and you hate them. Man, three or four more bites. Oh, mom. Seek his face. The next comma, and turn from their wicked ways. God knows I'm saved. I know I'm saved. My neighbor would say I'm saved. But I know who I really am. And I find that out and I judge myself because I don't want God to judge me. The moment that I judge myself about my sin, I throw myself at the altar of God right in front of him. Holy God, with this wickedness that I now understand about me. 
He raises me to my feet as he always does after I confess. Why? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He raises us to our feet and then he says this, and turn from your wicked ways. He's literally saying here, and Almighty God is saying, I've forgiven you and you should die. Don't you ever go back to that again. Oh, I ain't seeing it there. That's why the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Get this scripture out. Find out if I'm telling the truth. This exactly, this is a holy God who can't stand sin, who killed his son for it, and you're going to bring it before him? No way in the world. You go back to that sin. Turn from their wicked ways. Very, very real as I can be. There are places in this town that there are men and women that you can't even drive up the street. There are people in this room that, that, that you have a problem on the internet. You should not have a computer. Oh, boy. Boy, who's he? <laughs> Guest speaker, I won't be here next week. Can't handle your cell phone? Don't have one. Oh, but Mike, how are we supposed to live? This is, you live holy. We have to. Why? We've been forgiven for all these things. Are you kidding me? I know who I am. And God would let his blood cover me that nobody can see who I really am. I'm going to get up off my knees and run back to that sin. I had this youth pastor contacted me while we were at a meeting. And he said, come here, come outside, I want to show you something. And oh, there was a beautiful uh, truck, uh, F-150, big truck, brand new. He said, I just got this. And I said, man, that's amazing. I love it. It's beautiful. Where's the keys? And he said, Mike, he said, I can't, uh, one problem though. He said, every time I get into this truck, he said, I I, I, by habit, if I'm driving down the highway, he said, I, I put on bad music. He said, I want to listen to really bad music when I drive this truck on the highway. I said, I can fix that. He said, you can. I said, yes, sir, today. He said, how, how? I said, do you have a hammer? He said, what? I said, do you own a hammer? He said, you're not thinking about what? I said, okay. Let's do it sophisticated like. Do you have a set of tools? He said, I don't want to take the radio out. I said, then why are you bothering me? I can fix that. You would smash the radio? If God told me to, I would. Why? Because he said, and turned from their wicked ways. By the way, that's actions. That's the things you actually do. Unrighteousness is thoughts. File that in the back of your head. Every time you see the word unrighteousness, it's sinful thoughts. That's what makes you unrighteous, what flows through your system. Your actions are what this is talking about. So I'm able to do all of those things. God said I'm saved. I'd agree with that. Um, um, my neighbors and my workers at work, they, they, they'd say I'm saved. Boy, I, I really do know who I am. 
I know all about me. I know what I am. And I'm in judgment. I don't want to be judged. I'm going to judge myself. Then I'm going to dive at the altar, reckless abandonment, and I'm going to seek his face anyway because all I have on earth and in heaven is Jesus. Now I'm going to seek God's face. And I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. I'm going to turn. That means the opposite direction. And when I do that, God said, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. One quick story and we're finished. Be a quick day. I got chicken on my mind. I got a lot more on my mind than just chicken, but it's all in the same plate. My two boys, two of my many boys, uh, seven years old, uh, no, wait a minute, eight years old, ten years old. They got in trouble at school. I'm finished, I promise. We're on our way home. Just give me just a minute. They got in trouble at school. So much trouble that they made me come to the school and get them. Bad day. I pull in, they get in the car. Ten-year-old sitting there, everything's fine. Not saying a word to me. Eight-year-old's over here, and I can, I can feel him moving in his seat. And I keep looking in the back, and he, he won't look at me. Won't, won't, he's not doing, it. this is his thing. I said, okay, that's interesting. I get home, I put them in two separate rooms. You know, divide and conquer. I got this parenting thing figured out. I go into the older son's room and I said, son, I said, what were you thinking? How in the world could you have thought that this was okay? And he's doing this. And I said, this, this is wrong on so many levels. Your mother and father never taught you this. What is wrong with you? This is ungodly. God's not happy. I'm not happy. What, what were you thinking? He said, well, you know, Dad, it wasn't just me. I only have you and Michael. There's only two of you. I don't care about the other people. Yeah, well, Josh was involved. And nobody's even talking to him. I said, is this the way you're going to handle this? He said, well, don't get me wrong, Dad. I'm sorry. And I wish this wouldn't have happened. And he said, you know, do you forgive me? This, that's exactly almost word perfect what was said. I'm not adding nothing, taking nothing away. It was a 20-second conversation. And he said, do you forgive me? And I said, yeah, I forgive you. Stay right here. Opened the door, walked out, walked into the other room, and my eight-year-old is pacing his bed back and forth. I said, Mike, he said, I don't know how I did this. What was I doing? I said, son, I said, are you okay? He said, no, dad, I hurt so-and-so, and, and, and I could have stopped. It. And he said, I didn't. And I sat down, and he continued to talk. 
continue to cry. And he said, Dad, Dad, you've got to take me over there. He needs to know. I love him. He's my friend. Can we go now? I said, yes, yeah, son, let's, let's go now. He grabbed his little jacket and we walked out the door and my other son was in front of the TV set and he was playing a video game. And he watched us walk by and we drove down the road and got to this child's house and, and the boy came out and Michael grabbed him and he said, I'm so sorry and, 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 and I, I was afraid to say anything and they were all involved and I should have stood up for you and I didn't. And I'll never make this mistake again if you'll forgive me. And, and, uh, and the boy said, it's okay, it's okay. And, and uh, Michael said, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not okay. I did wrong. And, and um, they got that right. And Michael got in the car next to me. Now all you parents know how I feel. He said, Dad, am I forgiven? I said, oh boy. For what? I said, for what? He smiled. I said, hey, I'm feeling like a chocolate milkshake. I said, would you like a chocolate shake? He said, I want an ice cream cone. That's the greatest idea I ever heard. And we went and got to the ice cream comb. And, and, and I said, I said, son, I said, wait a minute. I said, weren't you, didn't you want that skateboard that we saw? The, what was that skateboard you were talking about? He said, oh, it's a Target. I said, we should run by Target. You could show it to me. And he said, well, Okay. We walk back in the house. What's that? I think, huh? Where'd you get that? That bought for me. What's that? Skateboard. Michael walked through the walkway and walked into his room and Christian's looking at me and I said I said you okay with that he said yeah I said okay we sin we do things that are against God's laws we approach God and we say we're sorry. Are we forgiven? Immediately. It's the process that opens up the avenue to us getting things from God. Some of which we never even asked for. My son knew he was saved. 
God knew he was saved. I saw his testimony and knew my son saved. He had a very real awakening to the person he truly is. In judgment against himself. You know what the judgment was? Him walking back and forth in front of his bedroom. I can't believe it did this. This is wrong. This is wrong. I got to tell dad how wrong I am. Seek my face. Reckless abandonment, dad. I did wrong. It's my fault. I'm never doing that again. How could I ever been doing this? Oh, then you will hear from heaven. That's when heaven opens up and God, dad says, how can I bless such a humble son? Of course your sin is forgiven. Let's make sure that skateboard rolls smooth as we heal your land. You're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The next few moments could be the most important moments of your entire life. I'm going to ask you several questions while we look, every, everybody looking at me, no heads bowed, eyes closed. You, you know that you're a sinner, number one. The Bible says, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. The reason we can't get to God is because of our sin. It can't be brought to Him. Number two. Do you realize we're not getting away with anything? On the streets, they say what goes around comes around. The Bible verses, you reap what you sow, and sin always brings death. Would you agree with me? You're not getting away with your sin. Number three, would you possibly fathom the idea that a perfect being named Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross for you? And that simple faith and trust in what he did on that cross is enough to equal salvation for you this very moment. Then all that's left to do is to call upon him and ask him to save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, thank you so much for this morning. This morning, if you're sitting here this morning, you're saying, you'd say to me, Mike, I agree with all those things, and I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my personal Savior today. Would you raise your hand quickly and put it right back down? I don't, just a, oh my, thank God. Oh man, you've got to be kidding me. Thank you, Father, so much. Thank you for making this moment the most precious moment in their lives. Thank you for those that were in need of salvation found at this memorial weekend. I ask you, Father, to let us as a church be able to help these people in their Christian life for the rest of their Christian life. God, make us better examples. Help us, Father, to accept the forgiveness as we saw this morning that God was so quick to give us in the way that he chose. And we'll praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. And for his sake we pray, and amen.